a film vault somewhere in downtown Los Angeles, you are listening to the Film A Week Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Film Week Podcast. I am your host, Serge. And I am Patrick. And we are continuing our attack of the 90s summer blockbuster with the wonderful, the effervescent, the sixth highest grossing movie of 1995, Batman Forever. Yes, this is only number six. Well, what's, grossing. What's, what are the other ones? I am glad you asked because I'm going to look that up really quick. Uh, oh, Toy Story. Was oh, yeah, movie. Well, obviously. <laughs> was the highest grossing movie in 1995. I think any year that would have been the highest grossing. The highest grossing movie that was released during summer, though, was that Die with a Vengeance. That is acceptable. Yes. That That's my favorite Die Hard movie. With the uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zeus, motherfucker. Zeus. Olympian God. Olivia Gunn. Patrick, would you like to know what happened on the week this movie came out? I mean, you looked it up. I might as well. Have You Ever Really Loved a Great Woman by Brian Adams has knocked off This Is How We Do It from the Charts. Alanis Morissette makes everyone swallow a jagged little pill with the release of that album. Uh, is that the one about Ryan Reynolds? Uh, no, that's the one about Dave Collier. Oh, what's the one about Ryan Reynolds? I think it's like a later one, dude, because this is still 95. Isn't it crazy that Ryan Reynolds has a song about it? I know, right? <laughs> Isn't it weird that Dave Coulet has a song? <laughs> yeah, it is. Like just in general, like Dave Coulet is like a, a cool guy. This is like Alanis Morrison wrote a song about <laughs> Dave Coulet. <laughs> um, the uh, Samantha, uh, the original Samantha for Bewitch, Elizabeth Montgomery, is sadly laid to rest during this weekend. She died. Yet. She How died old? in '95. How old was she? I don't. know. Uh, Earthbound is localized and released in the U.S. And everyone in the arcade is playing Street Fighter Alpha. Ooh, yeah, first in the, ser- the Alpha series. And what was Batman Forever's competition this weekend in history? Fucking no one. Literally, I looked it up. There's no other movie competing with Batman Returns on the same day. Batman Forever. Batman Forever on the same day. They're just like, nope, nope. Nope, we got this. Nope. <laughs> Do you think that was like, how long? I wonder when, when theaters and, well, I wonder when studios were like, okay, we release it like on this day so people, you know, so we won't have competition from this movie or that movie or what, so it's such and so forth. Like now that's like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Chumanji, no, not Chumanji, uh, Rampage would have gotten wrecked mm-hmm. if Avengers, if it got released. Didn't they, uh, when when does Rampage release, or is it already out? Rampage was a re- was released on April thirteenth, like of a this year. week. It was it, two weeks before Avengers. It was going to be released two weeks before Avengers. Still, yeah. But they moved it to April thirteenth. Yeah, so they were going to have like a lot of breathing room. They were going to be the yeah. only blockbuster for like a month. Yeah. So they think they were like, oh, we're going to get like a decent amount, and then you know, fucking by the time Avengers goes, and we're already starting our DVD run. Yeah, it's like two weeks in. You're like, oh, we better make our money back soon. Yeah, and then they like they managed it, and then Avengers is like, well, we're gonna fuck everyone up for about a month. Yeah, uh, and now like people like studios have to think about that. Like you can't release Star Wars and Avengers in the same month. Not yeah. only because Disney owns them both, but they're like, okay, well, we want this to be super profitable, profitable, like above everything else. So we have to plan this out. Like, what well, at the end of the month we're in right now mm-hmm. is Solo, the Han Solo movie. Yeah, and I'm I don't know any other movie coming out around that time. Neither do I. Like the only other like movie a, is Deadpool, a, 
But that's two weeks before our solo. Yeah, so there's usually like a two-week window. It seems mm-hmm. like the studios are, are kind of cool with each other. They're like, okay, you make your money here, we'll make our money there. Yeah. In case you, you haven't figured it out by now, yeah, we're, we're as we always say, we record in advance, so it's still May. We're in post-Affinity Ward times, with uh, which is interesting now we're watching to watch Batman Forever after that. Uh, but... This is a very this is a, this is a definite palate cleanser. Yeah, oh hell yeah! Uh, any way you want to slice it, it's a palate cleanser. The movie released the next week after Batman Forever is Pocahontas, which does do decent. In fact, it's number five of the highest grossing movies. Yeah, but it's but it doesn't do an it the, like Batman it's Forever not by much, right? Yeah, Batman, I think it was at two. To be honest, I, I probably like Batman Forever more than like Pocahontas as a movie in general. Let's just I agree. Up. And Batman Forever, a lot of people don't like Batman Forever. Uh, but I think that's because they confuse it with Batman and Robin. Oh, oh Batman and Robin's so fucking bad. That one is you like, gen- that's a genuinely bad film. Yeah, but Batman Forever was released in 1995, directed by Joel Schumacher, who we've covered before with the fun fucking beauty that is The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah. Hot damn. Sack solos. <laughs> it's, okay, so besides what's this is our second Schumacher movie. Mm-hmm. We've had Wes Anderson on twice personally we've had him on twice <laughs> yes he was a very he was a delight he came to my shitty trailer and was horrified by how how nothing was was symmetrical he brought us turkish delights it was amazing oh uh, no uh jo- no this would be our second joel schumacher movie and uh, the other people that have i think appeared twice already we have wes anderson and richard linkletter and steven no, spielberg right. now right you're right for readers and now uh and then with the actors and- this is our what third Val Kilmer movie? Third Val Kilmer movie, second Tommy Lee Jones movie, because next week's movie is Men in Black. Well, this would be our first time. Oh no, no, you're right. Your second because we had the Fugitive, then this would be our second one. Then we're yeah. having Tommy Lee Jones. And then uh, the, and, and then, then in two Kilmer weeks we're gonna have George Lucas, for a second movie. Okay. First American Graffiti. And, all that. Yeah. and now you know the chronologic the how many, who has the most, but the actor with the most is still. Samuel L. fucking Jackson. That motherfucker's in everything. Who is going to add, who gets a, one, yeah, more gets added, one more added? Fucking added. Phantom Menace. Oh, why is he in everything? He's just lucky. Highest grossing movie actor. He is. Goddamn right. But you know who is it the highest grossing movie actor? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, sadly. <laughs> Goddamn it. He should be in everything. So Joel Schumacher directed this. And what other movies did he direct? I'm glad none of you asked. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was uh, the aforementioned Batman and Robin. Which really, really is not good. Flatliners, The Client, Falling Down, 8mm, The Phantom of the Opera, The Number 23. I am not surprised by Phantom and the Opera. He did Flatliners, the original one or the... The original. I heard that one's good. Yeah. Oh, no, you you about The Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, dude, it is Schumacher like a motherfucker. Uh, and he also did three episodes of House of Cards. Luckily, our Batman for this feature, our Bruce Wayne, as you mentioned, is Val Kilmer returning for a record third time on the on the oh, podcast. Yes, not podcast. as Batman. not only one, t- one time only Batman, <laughs> yeah. which is probably the only time that's happened so far. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So he's a he's our only one time Batman in our history of Batman. He is the George Lazenby of the Batmans. That is an apt description. Yeah, he's only done it once and said, "Nah, I'm good." Also, I don't I don't know anything enough of the Lazenby, but I think he did a, a pretty decent job, except for the weird breathy thing he does sometimes <laughs> oh fuck over yeah we also have nick cole kidman as Meridian, dr Meridian nick Chase. cole kidman <laughs> yes the new actor on the street <laughs> nick cole as he was <laughs> i'm sorry nick cole nick cole nick cole <laughs> it's an american name i don't know why you're having trouble with it i, I suck i'm sorry it's not a kumail nunjian <laughs> chris o'donnell as robin tommy lee jones as two-face harvey dent I guess. Or what do they call him? Harvey Two Face. They call him Harvey Two Face on the news. Uh, yeah. Wow. And Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Richard Enigma. Richard 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 Enigma. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's where Edward Enigma. No, I'm I'm gonna go with mine. This came out. It so when this movie got released, I believe what. <laughs> I was thinking about Richard Enigma. I was like <laughs> Dick Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on. Sorry. This movie went on to, was released June 16th, and if you're listening to the podcast, it's June 15th, to put a time thing, and tomorrow will be June 16th, so it's been about, you do the math on this, I suck at math, it's been about 20, three years, 23 years, right, yeah, around 23 years since this movie came out, holy fucking shit, 
and it went on to gross 336 million worldwide becoming the second the sixth highest grossing film as we mentioned the production on this movie is amazing <laughs> oh yeah they actually uh, got some really impressive people on this no but like just the behind the scenes to get this one made is just oh shit oh yeah the the story like with burden and then casting and then writing story this is almost almost it could have easily just been a reboot true yeah it could have easily just gone that way but it's, it's not it's it's still considered a continuation of the burden movies but the tone is a great shift the thing is they didn't tell anyone there was going to be a tone nope shift. they did not so everyone was expecting the kind of uh the kind of like uh dark uh what's the uh it's the german type of filming that burden likes to emulate german expressionist the thing was you have to put yourself in that mindset because everyone had just seen batman returns and batman returns was like he like so they I, they looked at batman they're like that did really good you know what you're doing tim here have full reins he goes i'm gonna get fucking weird with it <laughs> yeah and and he goes that was a batman movie it's more about the penguin the what fat man the penguin man <laughs> what what are you doing why is danny devito in a one piece oh god he's terrifying he's beautiful he is my creation my art but yeah if you look at that movie that's it's totally like danny De- like the penguin is the main actor and then the batman is just kind of a side character re- who ends up kind of defeating him I, could, I wish i could remember the last time i watched it i watched it not that long ago. yeah my party yeah, yeah, but I was what, sober enough to no, remember. No, I'm saying I wish I could remember, but uh, no, because of when that came out, they had like started merchandising it, like to kids and like diet. That's when the animated series had just, you know, kicked off too, mm-hmm. and they were promoting it with like Happy Meal toys. Here's the problem, though. That movie um, was not. <laughs> that movie is not for fucking kids. No, it's not for children. And here's the other thing: parents were fucking. Pissed. I think my brother was the right age when that came yeah. out, and he saw it. He was like, "I was fuck like." He's like, "I was fucking terrified." Or was it? Was it that? So he was like, right, "He's a kid born in '78. He's like 11 when the first Batman comes out in '89, right? Oh, yeah. He's 11. And then what year does? And then '92. He's like in high school. Yeah. He's in high school when the in that movie, movie freaking out. He's all like, he was like. I had no. I think he says like I had no idea what the hell happened. It was just like a way different movie. <laughs> and that's a, apparently what a lot of people felt. So they felt that shift, and they didn't like the direction it was going. It, it. I think he fully embraced the kind of weird gothic aspect of Batman and ignored the, everything else. Yeah, yeah. He he had that, but there was just that like odd. It was, was, was burning ass. It was too burning ass. So burning ass. But it, not in the commercial sense that everyone finally that everyone finally buys into. It was like, it was like he's like, I'm an art student. We're doing this. We're doing this shit. And it's like German expressionist like a motherfucker. Movie gets a pass, though, in my opinion. Because, it's still a good movie, yeah. I think. but And also because, uh, well, one, you have like this really good cast. It's a very flawed movie as well. But it's still shot beautifully. It's still set in that world. I'll never of get over the. Batman. I'll never get over the penguins, like the penguins themselves with the rockets on their back. Okay, that shit's weird. <laughs> I think Batman kills one. He do- he kills several people in that movie. No penguins. He kills. I think he kills a penguin in the movie. He oh Jesus. I think he does kill people. Like in the Birdiverse, Batman does not give a fuck. He he'll kill. Like that one guy who's like playing the <laughs> jacket. Yeah, he like <laughs> he throws him in like a hole and then like a box of dynamite that's like few fu- like lit and he like. Just close it. He just walks away and the dude just blows up. Yeah, he's just like, eh, fuck it. But uh, because of that reaction, I think Warner Brothers wanted a more kid-friendly... Yeah, more friendly. definitely lighter, light in tone. And this and this is when, at a time where we were getting... Britain was pushing for the third one and wanted it done. Like they had He wanted to called- continue his tone. He wanted to continue what he was... The setting of like fear and continuing after tragedy and loss and stuff like that. He wanted to continue kind of like those... Somewhat mature themes, but I guess with the burden aspect on it, which I know the I'm sure the studio was kind of like gritting their teeth at. Yeah. Um. The the thing that you also have to stand when it comes to like casting or making it, because like I think one of the original concepts for three, if Burden was still on it, was Riddler was going to appear, and then Scarecrow is also going to be one. Yeah, and there was gonna I think there was gonna be three villains. Honestly, I think Two Face would have been the the other one. That's a lot of. That's too many. That's Spider Man three level. At least Sandman. Oddly enough, the weakest character 
in the Spider-Man mythos was the strongest in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. But when they were trying to get this one off the ground, they were like, oh, because as you, you told me that Michael Keaton did not like where it was going. Well, he didn't, he didn't like Schumacher's idea. Okay. I think he would have stuck with Burden. Yeah. I think if Burden was director, I think he would have stayed on. The- but I think when the studio finally pushed and Burden kind of relented and let Schumacher take over, uh, I think Keenan was like, no, I don't really want to do that, so I'm going to just leave. So Sh- Schumacher wanted, well, Warner Brothers first offered the role for the next like, next one to Ethan Hawke. And he said, no. Ethan Hawke then is like, what, in his 20s? Like yeah. He's like super young and then, like Michael Keenan was in like late to mid-30s. Yeah. The other choices that Schumacher was interested in, and these all sound fucking weird. He had seen Val Kilmer in Tombstone, but he was he was also interested in William Baldwin. Billy Baldwin? Yeah. Johnny Depp, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes? Yeah, who would go on to be Ramses in Prince of Egypt. You mean the fucking Dark Lord himself, he who was not <laughs> the name was almost Batman? And... Daniel Day fucking Lewis. Oh my god, he would have gone fucking insane <laughs> if he was Batman. I want to know the character. Uh, I'm no. going to stay in... He would have gone into the streets and fought crime. He... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mother and father, but you must die. You don't understand I have to inhibit this character. I like this alternate universe. Come, Chris, we must fight crime together. Um, my contract states I'm not allowed to get in any accidents. We'll get to the Robin part, because that shit's just weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't Chris yet, that was Marlon. What, isn't that weird? Marlon Wayans was gonna be Robin for a bit. And this is like Marlon Wayans at the, uh, what, like the height of living color? Yeah. Well, he wasn't even in living color, his other brothers were, were in living color. Marlon Wayans doesn't come into the picture until like 95 or 96 in like, in terms of like, popularity. Well, the thing was, Marlon Wayans was already casted to be in Batman Returns. But they just never filmed the scenes, right? And, and the yeah, and the thing is that one they also wanted to replace him with a white actor. Uh huh. But the other thing is, Marlon Wayans signed a contract saying I could appear in potential sequels. He didn't get to appear in Batman Forever. Guess he gets some residuals. Oh, he always gets them. Marlon Wayans still gets residuals. We, got, for Batman we gave Forever. him some money then when we rented it. Give Marlon Wayans money. <laughs> Oh fuck! How many haunted house sure, sequels are we gonna get now? I'm sure you did the same with. Uh, um, Billy D because they bought him out of his contract so I'm sure yeah. there's a similar clause in that too I bet oh, uh, hey this paid for my new house baby I would have I would have <laughs> I definitely still would have loved the Billy D Williams version of uh, Two-Face because I feel like he would have actually tried we only had a bit of it in Lego Batman and it was one line and it was amazing <laughs> it's when, it's, but you know they hired him to just be Billy D playing Two-Face though yeah but like when it's in Lego Batman, but when they're like busting through a wall, he's like, "We gotta bust through that door, baby." <laughs> <laughs> like it's just Billy D. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it is. I love Billy. <laughs> For those new to this podcast, hi, welcome. Second, Billy D. Williams is my jam. So Billy D. Williams every fucking day of the week. Right, so go go to your thing and then go back to me because I gotta talk about Tommy Lee Jones's fucking thing. We're getting to Tommy Lee Jones. Right about now. What do you need to? That was some bullshit, man. <laughs> what the fuck was that? We saw you in the fugitive, you motherfucker. All right. So before we get to any of that and get into reviews and filming and other crazy Tommy shit, Tommy Jones is like this punk ass motherfucker. I'll beat this shit. He don't out. give a fuck. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He's still trying to figure out the Zoom. Anyway, <laughs> you will listen to the trailer and we'll come back with our thoughts on the movie and dive a bit more into what Patrick's about to get at. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? In an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. Chicks love the car. Power is a machine. 
Now you've devised a way to read men's minds. By the way, I've seen your mind, freak. And revenge Woo! is a trap. You're a genius. Riddler and Two-Face can make a pretty lethal combination. Ow! Train me, let me be your partner. Who's your tailor? But first, let's meet our contestants. Going down. If the bat wants to play, we'll play. <laughs> Was that over the top? Don't work too late. back you just listened to the good trailer for batman forever so we found a trailer that's a trailer one and it's on like when you youtube search batman forever trailer and it's from warner brothers that trailer is shit you should watch the first result that comes up it's from sky tv from sky tv it's a fuck that sold me that's a good trailer good good trailer. the other one is like it's trying to replicate 89 batman's trailer but it's not it's very good. awkward and the, the resolution on it's really shit yeah, because the 89 one oddly works because, one, we're still filming it. Yeah, and, that, you know, Batman wasn't a, a movie idea yet, you know? Yeah, the trailer that we got, which has, uh, if you know voice actors, I don't know what his name is, or voiceover people. It's the same guy who I think did, like, the voiceovers for the uh, Jurassic Park trailers. So, uh, he does this, and it's amazing. And fucking sold day one to go see this goddamn movie my history my personal history with this movie is i had toys my uncle had the mask we all liked this movie my grandmother had the fucking glass mugs from mcdonald's i remember those they yeah. look they are so they are they're beautifully designed last. she they, she made them last did she she still has them i used to have that cool mickey mouse cup uh-huh. it was like from like a celebration it was like all this like really ornate it was like this cool cup and it just never lasted that long mm-hmm. by the way the movie announcer guy is uh don lafontaine oh <gasps> that is don lafontaine yeah. oh i'm pretty sure that's it. yeah i'm pretty sure that's it. it's either don lafontaine or the other guy in a world yeah. <laughs> where batman is directed by joel schumacher okay so one thing the minute alfred makes the sandwich joke that should be your first clue that this is gonna be a different movie way fucking different and by the minute he gets to go, if like you don't see the trailer and then you just straight up go into this movie, I've been seeing a trailer. The minute he hits Gotham and it's it goes from being like the dark gothic German expressionism to, to like this bright, it's like a it's like this like neon almost like gigantic metropolis. Yeah, it's the loud neon nineties. That's what it is. Parts of it, yeah, but with mixed in with the turd, the turd, the burden like. Like it still has a it still has a holdovers from like the design and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which influenced it greatly. But there's definitely like a change in the world, and, and you definitely you see it right out the get go. And not saying that Gotham looks bad; it doesn't look awful. It looks bigger. It looks bigger. It I remember. I always felt it always felt like Gotham was kind of small in the Burden movies because it was always on set, mm-hmm. and it felt like everything was just around the corner from each other. Oh, okay. At least in my opinion. Yeah, because I think it was shot at Pinewood. It was shot at Pinewood, yeah. Like, everything was done on sets almost. And this one has actually had, like, you know, it had sets, but it also had, like, actual, like, real, like, like, actual locations. Yeah, because, like, at one point you're like, is that Chicago? It seems like I think they only shot in Long Beach and Los Angeles. Yeah, so there's, like, an area they probably shot at. And, uh, no, like, I mean, that wouldn't be seen again until Nolan takes over, but it wouldn't be seen until at least, not Batman Begins, because Batman Begins goes back to Pinewood. Dark Knight is when they go no Chicago. Yeah, well the they do some of their long shots like of of the city of Chicago. But you're right with the yeah you're right within the first five to seven minutes of this movie. If you can't figure out that this is supposed to be 
the colorful '60s Batman and loud and. This is like this movie is definitely a uh, like a the combination of the Burden movies with the '60s Adam West show, and that is mixed with Schumacher's own like style. Yeah, and the results are mixed. More positive than uh, than bad. Yeah, more positive because it it like as I told you like the design. I don't mind the design. I don't mind the colors because that will come back in like the Arkham games. I don't. I don't know if it's the it's the over exaggeration. Yeah. The, like it, the you are in a comic book world. You are in Gotham City. Like that, I can agree with. Because there is definitely a, there's still a difference, but I see what you mean. Like, like the the fact that like some buildings have like this kind of odd form of advertisement. Like you know, like in Batman Forever, they they go through like a a building with an eye advertisement. Like it's literally a giant neon eye for like an eye wash or whatever. Yeah. And there's like, you know, Acme Corporation and like uh in Gotham, like this big uh or like Ace chemi- Chemical. Ace Chemical and stuff like that. There's like these big things, there's like things like that. Like that the this movie is more com- this is the first okay, so this movie is more closer to the comic book adaptations of Batman than the uh Burden movies. Yes. Uh Burden honestly like his first two movies feel like they were his own thing. But and that's because he's not a Batman fan. He wasn't into the comics. He he just thought the character was interesting enough to make a movie with. And then in uh, but Schumacher, it seems like he was actually like interested, or at least like a, a enough of a fan to like kind of breathe life, more life in color, yeah, to the world. No, like he he has that there, and you definitely see what he's bringing to the table. Because when we watch The Lost Boys, and you brought it up too, like he knows how to shoot at night. He knows how to shoot in a darker world. Yeah. He, he knows-, knows how to mix the colors with the dark. Mm-hmm. And that, that really shines... Sorry, I was reading like something about this movie. Mm. But um, that really shines more so when like Robin gets into that like whole backlit yeah. alley. Like, as I don't know where sometimes with that scene. It's gorgeous to look at. Like, Yeah. It's, it's this well-designed graffiti graffiti up area and the gang is like this bright vibrant color to me those guys are like a prototype of like the joker gang from the batman beyond uh series yeah yeah at least in my opinion because they're like these guys are painted up like clowns and they're really colorful because they're they're taking they're taking it from that and yeah you could kind of see it too like if this isn't continuity with burdens verse then they saw like the uh red triangle gang and we're like we're gonna do that Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, like, uh, going to a negative aspect is that Schumacher does the Dutch angle so much that the... It's so fucking annoying. That the purpose of the Dutch angle becomes irrelevant. The purpose the purpose of a Dutch angle is to kind of show that something's askew, something's off, something's not right. Maybe the character is experiencing a world that's not what they were used to, so they're, like, kind of freaking out. Schumacher kind of just does it. And I think that's also kind of maybe a negative holdover from the 60s Batman. And it doesn't work as well as... It just doesn't work too well. Like, if he cut off... Like, if he just kind of stranded in half of them, I think it would look a lot better. It would It would look way better. Because look- they're, they're, it's not like they're not well shot or anything. Like, they're usually really well lit. Yeah, and they have good color and good, like, framing and stuff like that. It's just... It's just a Dutch... It's just the Dutch tilt, and you're like, it doesn't. Sometimes it's like Batman's just talking to someone, you're like, he probably shouldn't be doing that right there. Or like when Batman's walking down a hallway at one point, and like, it's literally just to go to Meridian Chase's office. Mm-hmm. No need. Yeah, there's no there's need. There's definitely no need. I stopped paying attention after a while, but you kept going like, it keeps fucking doing it. It keeps doing it. Like, like, ba- okay. So everyone pokes fun at Battlefield Earth for that. And like, that one, no, that one every scene is a Dutch angle. Okay. It's inescapable. This one, it's like, if you notice it, it gets very fucking grating. Mm-hmm. And when you point it out, I was like, that's probably just, you know, during action scenes. But then it would be a random fucking place. And I was like, okay, seriously, fucking stop. Who directed Battlefield Earth? You tell me. I don't know who did okay. it. I really do not. Um, with that with that said, another kind of, and this is just my personal thing. I'm really not a big fan of Jim Carrey as a Riddler. Yeah, watching this again, I'm not really a fan of the villains. Usually the villains are actually pretty strong in the Batman movies. Uh, this one, not so much. I used to like him a lot in the movie, but I guess over time, he just kind of, he just chews up the scenery too much. And, but you know, that's, I'm not sparing Tommy Lee Jones on that either, because that motherfucker is like... He didn't choose scenery. He grabbed the scenery, roasted it on a spit, and then proceeded to fucking devour it. Nigma's thing in this is that he's obsessed with Batman, or he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. He doesn't give a shit about Batman. He's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne 
uh, Enigma has like this cool idea. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of like an immersive television set. Like this is his idea. It's like you just stick it here. The television information just comes to your head. It becomes more immersive. That's me saying it rationally. He was not that way. Hell no. And Bruce is actually kind of a patient kind of guy with him. He goes, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah, just get in contact with my secretary. Give me the technical schematics of it. And, you know, maybe we can actually talk about it because that sounds like a good idea. And he goes, no, that's not going to work. I need an answer now. Multi-million dollar industrialist who has probably like a bunch of plates spinning and is also Batman. Actually giving himself like the time of day for this one guy. And the guy goes, no, motherfucker. I need more. <laughs> and Bruce is like, well, then it's a no. Like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and then that's the thing. That's whatever reason. <laughs> Nico goes, I'm going to become a super villain because I don't like you. <laughs> it's it's so fucking base. Stupid. Yeah. Like it's it's dumb. It's a it's a dumb fucking reason for becoming a supervillain. Yeah, but it's also like Egghead in the Batman sixty six uh the the sixties show was he was just smarter than everybody and he wanted everyone to know it. it. This is the same thing with Riddler. He was he thought he was better than Bruce Wayne and he wanted Bruce Wayne to know it. So he still has riddles and he throws them out. The added caveat is this: Jimmy, it's Jim Carrey right after Ace Ventura, and it's like oh he's just like they literally brought him in just so he could be loud. Pretty much, and and every scene that he's in, he's this, he's loud, he's bombastic. He's- he has like he has he has his moments where he's like funny, and it's honestly the ones where he's not yelling. Tommy Lee Jones on the other fucking hand. <laughs> oh fuck! That that okay. Wait it out. I'm just gonna Harvey Dent is one of the most complicated characters. All right, this is not a film thing. This is a fucking comic thing. Harvey Dent is one of the most complicated characters in the Batman mythos and is in, in his rogues gallery. That dude struggles constantly with his identity as uh, as who he is. If you ever read the Bar- uh, Batman Arkham uh, Asylum series or the, the the graphic novel written by Grant Morrison, there's a great kind of look into the mind of Two Face, where Two Face has been like kind of led through actual therapy to make decisions based on cards. So instead of a like two choices of yes and no. He had like they had to train him to use cards to figure out like all these other things and like Batman's like well isn't that restrictive he's like well it's a better alternative than just yes and no there's no just black and whites in this world and Batman's like I guess but like there was like a whole thing there if you ever watch the animated series like it it uh they make it seem like Harvey is a guy who's constantly struggling with like it was this was before he was even like uh you know uh mutated he was always struggling with this kind of guy and you know they did the big bad harvey thing if you want if you read the tim sale books uh the long halloween and stuff there's a there's like this great kind of mystery arc with harvey and then these other people and stuff like that and the holiday killer and it's so rich and complex and then um and the dark knight they they do such a great job of portraying this kind of struggle between morality and man and what's the right thing to do what's what's the, what like is the law the right thing to do and then Tommy Lee Jones uh, shits on everything. He he fuck he's a he's like a dog that just gets your lunch and he just shakes the bag. <laughs> there's only one there's only one instance where this motherfucker is even acknowledges the fact that it's a dual personality and it's literally the end. And it's the part where Batman is confronting the Riddler and Two-Face. He goes well, you'll have to do it. Like, Riddler's like, well, you have to do it against me. And then you hear a guy go, and me. And it's the clean side of, of Harvey Dent's face. And, they go, and then he jumps to the other side and goes, and me. And, and I'm like, that's it? That's all we fucking get? Fuck you, you ass. And then the only other thing is that, like, this side likes Drew Barrymore in a white uh, in white skimpy clothes. And this one likes this chick in a dominatrix outfit. And this one likes angel cake. And this one likes devil's food. Well, fuck me. You just nailed that one down, didn't you? And then Chase Meridian gives Batman the duality thing of the stupid ritual doll that's also like half and half. And it's like, you're not even fucking trying. <laughs> you don't even trust us to fucking have a thought, do you? I don't think so. And it's just it's such a character assassination, and it's just so shitty. I'm not even using... It's like the worst adaptation of a character probably in comics I've ever seen. And the only good redeeming quality is that it's so... It's just it's such a good actor doing such a shit job that it's worth the watch. 
because we saw Tommy Lee Jones fucking killing it in The Fugitive. We're Fuck gonna s- yes. We're gonna Hands see him, down. We're going to see him fucking kill it in Men in Black. Yes. And, but he just fucks. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. He's in don't give a fuck mode. He, he came to the set. He's having fun. He's having a blast. Do you know why he's having a blast? Because paid. he got a fucking paycheck with like, ha! And went about his fucking day. He's like, what did Nicholson do? All right. I'll do that. I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll do it. I will turn it up to 11. I will break the fucking knob when doing so. And it's just like, and then there's like the relationship between two fa- Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne. And they only like, there's like a passing at the fucking, all right, this movie's like 20 years old. Fuck this. <laughs> at the end of the fucking movie. All right. Two fucking things. So the fucking Riddler has Batman chase uh, the fucking chick and Robin down the thing as they're flying to the their death. Yes. Batman saves them both. Batman does save them both. They're like, I don't know how many fucking feet down already. And then, like, Batman's like, I've saved you. And then fucking out of nowhere. I don't know where the fuck this guy came from. Two-Face is just there now. After falling, like, 100 feet, he's just reached there. without. There's a ladder, but that you're not going to reach that enough fucking that. Is, he just popped up, all right? He just popped up. I, I know it's rambling, but he just popped up. And he had a gun. And then he goes, um, you know, he's about to pu- uh, kill Batman. And Batman goes, oh, you didn't flip your coin. And he goes, oh, shit, you're right. You know what, Bruce? Thank you. You're a good friend. Never forget that. And he flips the coin, and Batman throws a bunch of coins at him, and he, Two Face can't figure it out. And then he, he's like, no. Nah! And then he falls to his death, and he literally called Bruce his best friend, and Bruce just let him fucking die. Literally, after he's like, oh well, if I only had a grappling hook or something, he just looks at him die, and like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? What the fuck is any of this? I haven't seen you this mad since Rookie of the Year. It's fucking, it's such, all right. And then like, that's my main gripe. My second is that, uh, I know they were selling the fucking, the, t- the toys and shit, but stop putting bat symbols on everything. It doesn't need it. Yeah, okay, yeah I attest to this. And then the fact that you brought up that Robin had his logo on so his mask. On the domino mask that Robin wears on the, where your eyebrows connect right in that middle, it has the Robin symbol. That's Who so the fuck f- is going to look at that? That is so fucking stupid. Like, who's so going to, just in case no one knew, like, <laughs> Who are you, hummingbird? Oh, Robin, Robin! <laughs> he's got the he has the R here, and then he does the R in his face. He goes, <sighs> it's just so like like I don't mind like maybe one big bat symbol on the fucking car, but on the wheels, <laughs> on the wheels. What what what's this car? Oh, it's the Batmobile. How do you know? Fucking wheels. It's like oh. I thought it was the Superman mobile. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Just. <sighs> and then there's like the grappling hooks are in bad shape. I'm like, that probably doesn't hold well. It doesn't. No. A and then, you know, this is just nerd, stupid bullshit. It doesn't necessarily affect. And I know it's campy and I know it's supposed to kind of emulate the weird kookiness of the 60s. But sometimes, it, you know what? We don't need it. And that's that's the thing with this movie because one, you didn't warn your audience to advance the shift tone. Oh yeah, there was no like, I mean, there was the trailer, but people don't. I feel like now people are more cinema savvy, more more educated in how films are. For better words, like they'll be like, "Oh, this is a reboot, right?" Like I'm like, "How did like I'm sometimes like, how did you know what that was?" And they're like, "Oh, well, I read it." I was like, "Oh, yeah, then it's a reboot. Yeah, that's totally what it is." But if people are like, oh yeah, no, this is the same same world. Like no one even said universe. Yeah, they just said this. This is the sequel to the movie, and they're like, but it's completely different. Yeah, but we put the uh, the number after the last one, so this is the sequel. Okay, then this is a sequel. It was literally that easy. Remember, there was Time Cop, and then there's Time Cop Two, and I've never seen either movie, but I'm sure they're different from each other. There's a Time Cop Two. It's exactly. <laughs> that's news to me. I didn't know there was a time cup. I was just making a... No, and and the thing is, you have to trust your audience in this movie. Time Cop 2, 2003. The Burley Decision. What the fuck? Starring Jason Scott Lee. Oh, I need to watch it. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Oh, Kenneth Choi. they They didn't trust their audience to let them know. They did the trailers. They did the marketing. They did the advertising. It was all over the fucking place. It was established as being all over the fucking place. This movie was everywhere. You can escape it. But the thing is, it, it it takes the audience's intelligence that they established with the first two and dumbs it down. It makes them feel stupid while watching it. And But that, oddly, also is reflective of what the plot of the movie is going through. Because you have this thing called the box. And <laughs> yeah, box. If you open it, Cenobites come. But no, in this movie's context... The box is the creation of Edward Nigma, and he's using it to get the brainwaves. 
So yeah, he used the brainwaves of people. At first, it was supposed to be like an immersion into television, but then fucking around with it, he figures out that through that he can use he could somehow hijack people's brainwaves and basically steal anything they know into his brain. Pretty much. So he was planning on using it to steal everyone's information in Gotham, know their bank accounts, all this money, any dirty secrets, and basically just know everything. That was his grand plan. Yeah. With the, a big box. <laughs> the box. <laughs> we And it, it relates because like, it's turning these people dumb and stupid and, and Two-Face dumb and stupid as well <laughs> as evidence as they're fighting for it like idiots. But the it doesn't fit the world that the people were given beforehand. It doesn't it doesn't add. It takes away more than adds, and what it's adding isn't necessarily good. I did like I did like the story growing up, and I have moments where I genuinely enjoy this movie. Like I like when fucking I like it when the Riddler gets as weird as it is. I like that stupid scene where the Riddler gets his name. Oh, like I kind of like that scene. I like, when the, I like when the circus happens. The I think that's well done. Yeah. Um, I like the black, the backlit alley. I made a joke earlier that that's stupid, but it's honestly one of the better parts of this movie. Uh, there's certain shots I like in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Like when, as you said, when Batman stands up that one time when after like a whole street chase with the two face. Yeah. Before he gets totes blown up. Um, there he, when he stands, it's intimidating or when, they're fucking when the great when the Graysons are doing like their acrobat stuff or when it shows the bat, this giant bat that's been haunting yeah. Bruce's dreams. It's fucking gorgeous. Like that effect alone is also great. And the way it's lit and stuff and even the ending shot, which no bullshit that any shot like actually is makes me go like, oh, they're going to go on more adventures yeah. or it's like both of them running in silhouette against the like light of the, the fucking bat signal. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it it, it's gorgeous because there are like Schumacher, his, he's known for more visuals mm-hmm. and that. And like, if you see something like fan of the opera, like, holy fuck, that is a gorgeous movie to look at just in the way everything's are framed, things are shot, how he works with a cinematographer, how it's all set up. And this movie has moments of that, but it, literally does feel like this is a studio movie <laughs> this was definitely more of the studio's control than schumacher's and then that becomes even more evident in batman and robin yeah and batman and robin is a horrible movie because that is under- that's a that's a what two and a half hour commercial <laughs> yeah and it's you're under the thumb it's under the thumb of warner brothers like oh we have to keep doing this this it's such this. a waste of good actors the too. fucking audio commentary is just joe schumacher apologize they had bane but they didn't use arnold schwarzenegger i know like, imagine if they, like, used some scrawny guy and then, like, some, like, scrawny, like, good actor, and then they made him into Bane and it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been awesome. But they didn't. They got some weird scrawny guy and they made him big, weird freak guy. Who was an actual wrestler and died three months after the movie was made, after yeah. the movie premiered. Uh, well, that's sad. It's very, very depressing. But Now for that... the awkward lull in the conversation provided by Sergio. <laughs> With that said, that movie suffers from that commercialism. It suffers from being it literally like the the opening hockey sequence in like it's Batman, fucking... Batman, Re, Batman and Robin. If if you couldn't figure out that they okay, were gonna so, sell a, a so set, if, if fucking if this movie destroys Two Face, Batman and Robin destroys the rest of Batman. Yeah, like not just Bat the entirety of Batman. Yeah, like it just like. It destroys Batman, it destroys Robin, Alfred and Batgirl, like anything in Gotham is just Poison like, Ivy, Mr. Freeze, crazy. everyone's fucking destroyed. Yeah, it's just like you're like, oh wow, like this these are these are such shitty characters I don't even want to watch them. That's why it took them like what, like nine, ten years to like remake the series? No, it was two thousand five where Batman Begins comes out. what year did uh, Batman and Robin come out? Batman and Robin ninety seven. So it was like Eight years, I think. About eight years. That's a long time for studios. Mm-hmm. And I think that was more than just trying to figure out and trying to put, see where their trust lies in. And with with this, with this one, you could see the beginning of that. It's not as overbearing as Batman and Robin gets, where it's like, holy fuck, I want this nightmare to end. I like <laughs> the aspects of the movie that were actually about, uh, you know, Bruce like dealing with his like trauma he's actually dealing with his trauma rather than just kind of admitting that he has trauma mm-hmm. like i feel like in batman in the first batman he's kind of like it takes him forever to kind of be like uh, my parents are dead like it takes him forever to kind of like even admit that to someone 
even though it's like a public like knowledge mm-hmm. it's like a major thing yeah and it like it, it feels like he's never really accepted that it's hurt him mm-hmm. and then in batman returns he just kind of he comes to the fact that oh hey i'm attracted to somebody like that's what it feels like in his movie pretty much in yeah. Return, he's like huh what can happen now and then this one is like i like bruce is like i think i've been through a traumatic experience i should probably talk to somebody and, and then the- he goes to chase Marini, who constantly like the se- the millisecond in wants to just bang batman you called me here for this the bat signal is not a beeper well i wish i could say that my interest in you was purely professional you're trying to get under my cape doctor <laughs> a girl can't live by psychosis alone it's the car right chicks love the car <laughs> what is it about the wrong kind of man in grade school, it was guys with earrings. College, motorcycles, leather jackets. Now, oh, black rubber. The way they wrote her in this movie, the way they wrote this character, this is like the least. Like, it is so positive, fucking feminine, bad. This is the least positive, like feminine role in a superhero movie probably. ever, possibly. Because she's literally made just to get with the character. She's made as a love interest and a fuck toy. Like and someone who just—I think she wants to use Batman as the fuck toy. To be honest, that's because why I feel like okay. the first two thirds of the movie, he's kind of like, uh, I gotta go. Like that's how <laughs> it feels like because he gets there, and then like Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, you gotta stop Two Face and do this, and she's like, hey, wanna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kidman's a fine actress. She's great. She's and, a great actress, but the, she's Chase Meridian's beautiful. a horribly written character. But God, yeah, dude, it is not good. It's so fucking her bad. Her whole purpose in the movie is to bang Batman, and then when she finds out it's Bruce Wayne, her purpose becomes Like that to bang awkward Bruce. fucking bat signal scene? Oh, yeah, when she goes, I didn't know how else to call you. He goes, the bat signal isn't a beeper. I'm yeah. like, as dated as that is, he's right. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not. It's a fucking signal to, like, signal well, hey, him. There's crime. There's, there's crime. Wrong. It's not a booty and she, call. Like, she literally, like, it's not like she goes in a suit or anything. She's in her lingerie and she's like, hey, you want to fuck? Yeah. And he's like, I think you're invading my personal space. I'm not really enjoying this. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he wants like, out. He's like, uh-uh, I gotta go. She's like, my last girlfriend was better than you and she was a crazy cat lady. <laughs> True. <laughs> and it's, that part's written just horribly and fuck, we didn't even get to Robin The yet. only time that she's kind of like bearables when she's act- when she's actually doing her job yeah when she's doing her job she's, she's great like, you're like oh wow this is kind of tolerable now but like the whole time she's like she she has that conversation i think like bruce is like oh do you have a boyfriend she's like yeah he's like you've only been here two weeks and then bruce is like are you fucking talking about batman because that's me and i sure as shit am not in a relationship <laughs> with you. yeah oh and it's the circus yeah dude like of all fucking places yeah yeah that's what it's just like so I've been seeing someone. He goes, oh, and he goes, oh, he's kind of mysterious. He goes, yeah, she's talking about Batman. I'm not. That's uh, fucking. I miss Selena. He's, hey, this whole Meridian. <laughs> I made that joke. Where that's great scene. He goes, Harvey, I'm Batman. <laughs> like it's him standing up, but she just looks. She just strikes something. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? No, no, baby. I'm sorry. But that whole thing does lead to only one one of two amazing things ever from Batman Forever. Batman smiling. He finally You appro- could say it's that. I still think it's fucking creepy. Uh, well, the other great thing is thumbs up. Oh, the, the thumbs up one is as I thumbs up in the because he's not smiling on it. Is is because he doesn't smile in it. He he, he looks with blankly. No, he looks with his body. He doesn't turn his head. He's and then he <laughs> And he, like, he flies away. Yeah, <laughs> he turns his body. He kind of looks down with his body, not with his head. And then he raises his arm up into a thumbs up. And then he like resets his position and flies. Even away. funnier, I've sent you that gift already. You say yeah, that one. You're like, you're like Batman today, and you're like, I was like, yes. And you're like, yeah, you just sent. <laughs> and, and that's an amazing fucking thing from Batman Forever. Robin in this movie, Chris O'Donnell. Poor, it, pathetic Chris O'Donnell. Ah, don't say that about Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell's a fine actor. However, I'm, I like Chris O'Donnell a lot. If it wasn't for the fucking the weird laundry foo, wash foo type fucking shit, I probably wouldn't have minded it more. But it was just like, it, I'm like, he's a gymnast. I already know he's like really a- like athletic. Why don't you show... They had the fight scene to show that he could fight. Oh, fuck. 
you're right. Why the fuck did they show, like, why did they need, like, maybe, like, and then they showed the fucking him doing the acrobatic thing to get into the Batcave. Yeah. Why the fuck did we need wash food? I don't fucking know you fucking asked them. We did it was, it's just a really pointless I, scene, and it was to show off his skills, when, but when it was it, just a horrible way of doing it. When it comes to Robin, I think the problem isn't Chris O'Donnell, is what he's given with. For sure. Yeah, and and he kind of plays He it. doesn't really mourn his family, by the way. Okay, see, that was the part where I was going to get to Sorry, as okay, well. you go to. No, 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 but it it's true. Like, the thing is, he doesn't have that Marvel thing, and that would have brought more dynamic. Chris O'Donnell looks like... Okay, so here's the thing. When actors have fun with a movie, and you can tell, it's amazing. Chris O'Donnell looks like he's having fun. The problem is, yo, bro, your fucking parents are dead. Like, they literally <laughs> just died, like, two days ago. Yeah, like, like the, yeah, they died two days before your rights. And I think you're 21, so I don't know why you're worrying about social services. <laughs> and your older Alan Thick brother, like... <laughs> Like the social services, like drives. They don't even. He's not even in the car with him. He drives with them to the Wayne Manor, and then Bruce is like, "Well, you could stay a few days if you like. You know, get like you know until you get your feet on you know on the ground and stuff like. Well, I could help you out anyway." He sees the car leave. He goes, "All right, I don't need social services to get in my way. I'm gonna go find the guy who killed my parents." I'm like, "Aren't you like 21? What the fuck are you doing?" Like, yeah, he is like 21. What the fuck? Are you but like, I guess he's supposed to be like 17 here. Bullshit. I don't know. Not that there's like. Is if they had made that more because when I was a kid I was like, why did he wait for the like as a kid it just never made sense like, what's with that car that falls in there like just to show him and my I think in my head I was like oh that's the car that shows him how to get to Wayne Manor so he can yeah. live there oh, man wash food that was horrible <laughs> this bad writing oh my god it's so fucking awful and but the thing is like with, with Crystal Donald he is a fine actor in itself and he he does it well and I actually liked Crystal Donald because of that movie. And then, like, and then Batman Robin. Actually. I believe I heard somewhere, I read somewhere, but it's probably not true, that he there was a ru- there was a rumor going around that he was like one of the choices to be Spider Man if they did it in the nineties. I could see that. I could see it. Yeah. And and he has he certainly has the charm and stuff. However, Bat Forever, he's all right. He sucks ass in fucking Batman and Robin. Well, everyone sucks ass. Everyone. In oh. Everyone sucks ass in Batman. You can't just <laughs> throw him out. Everyone sucks ass. Yeah. Arnold kind of not, but that's for puns. That's. More of my thing. Oh, puns can go to hell, much. But um, trust me, I know how bad it gets. Time to chill. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I know how. Do you uh, know what happened to the uh, dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. The thing is, well, like, yeah, you're frozen. <laughs> They're like, her name is Nora. Nora. Maria. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, Arnold, we're going to throw you into the ice thing, too. You, a brilliant scientist, can become Mr. Freeze. Yeah, yeah, I'm a brilliant scientist. All right, Arnold, we're going to throw you I in. Just, One, just, two, three. Just, <laughs> Splash. Just, Cut. Cut the check. I just realized how stupid all that sounded. <laughs> oh, but no, he gets a little fast because he made some dumb puns. <laughs> a little fast, but that's it. Because, but it, sing, it, you, sing. <laughs> you could see how bad it goes from this movie to that movie because Val Kilmer could be like Val Kilmer if he's in the Batman, he's like I'm Batman, and he's proud. <laughs> Batman, Robin, I'm Batman. It's just George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney doesn't even change his fucking voice. <laughs> no, no, he fucking does. I would have figured out it was Bruce Wayne. Anyway, with <laughs> Chris O'Donnell and and Robin, um, there there just needed to be more of that remorse. It needed to be more of that. Because he's loss. just angry, but like it doesn't even seem like he's just like, man, someone hit my foot, and I gotta fucking fuck that guy up. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, that's he, exactly how it feels. Like, he, like but like the intent is like, man, he hit my, he got water <laughs> on my pants. I'm gonna fucking kill him. That's how it seems. And he, but the way he goes, that guy killed my parents. He's dead. I was like, that's all you, you don't feel like pain? <laughs> like, there's nothing? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you look like such a concerned dad. You'll feel pain? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's just like, hey, this is, you know, people who don't react to things like that are usually called sociopaths. <laughs> he fucking is. Robin's so sociopathic in this movie. He's just like, you know what? They're fucking dead. I fucked up. I'm gonna it's fuck the this implication. <sighs> this, was, this, was a, this was a fun rewatch. Who's yeah? Is there any, like how many? Wait, let me see how many writers this thing had too. By the three. way, three. You said they had. three I want to be sure though. I want to be sure. Akiva's Goldsmith was one of them. Three writers. 
Disturbing. Leave Bachelor, Janet Scott Bachelor, and Akiva's goals. Story by Lee Bachelor and Janet Scott Bachelor. Akiva's goals move. I, I'm just I just clicked on him right now. He is an Academy Award winning. He wrote a director. beautiful mind. What the fuck? You wrote a beautiful mind. Yeah, he also wrote Batman and Robin, Deep Blue Sea, Lost in Space. I wrote. This guy has an odd. He's got a very hit and miss record because he wrote Batman and Robin, but he wrote I Am Legend, which arguably is a decent film. Cinderella Man, actually a good film. I like that movie a lot. Uh, da Vinci Code. Uh, he is. Oh shit. He's a Vulc- He's a Vulcan council member in the, the Star Trek reboot. He looks like a Vulcan. <laughs> he is a Vulcan. So yeah, uh, Academy Award winner Akiva Goldsman, proving that you could, you too can write Batman and Robin and still get an Oscar years later, which is good. Uh, not all writers are gonna write fucking gold. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's still turning into bronze. But I guess. Well, I mean, this is a bronze. This, this is, is a bronze. bronze. Yeah, yeah, this is a bronze. You. you- <laughs> You did good. Here's you go. You get you get a giant movie franchise. And then after, and then after uh, Batman Robin, you get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Leave. Don't you, don't you talk to anyone I know. <laughs> you. <laughs> you come back here with a fucking great script, a beautiful one, even. All right then. Here you go. Why well, uh, would take a, a, like a beautiful mind to come up? with? And that's what he wrote. Deep Blue Sea. They ate me. The fucking <laughs> shark ate me. me. Haven't you seen my movies? <laughs> we should cover. We should have covered Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my queue for nothing. Wow. Uh, is there anything? with Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're. I think we're done. I don't know. Uh, it's up to you. You got anything, anything else? <gasps> there is one. You thing got, you we got one more thing. About. Yes. So all of us talking crap about this movie possibly and like praising some of that design and other things one thing i would like to talk about is this is during that beautiful era where warner brothers released movies that were not good but had killer soundtracks (laughs) yeah because uh the year after this we get the beautiful space jam soundtrack space jam by the way for all of those um too wrapped (laughs) in nostalgia is actually not a good movie no not never a a fucking good movie don't fucking bother but but Space Jam is my jam. Space Jam is his jam. That is correct. So the Batman Forever soundtrack, if you don't know, features the beautiful thing that we just referenced, which was the infamous Kiss from a Rose by, by the beautiful Seal. Seal. Oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> Who would go Who got on? his scars from fighting wolves. <laughs> Did he? No, that was a joke from uh, one of the uh, Andy Samberg movie, I think. Oh, uh, features Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, which you said was uh, Bono owed him one. Bono owed Joel Schumacher a, a, a thing because I guess he wanted uh, Bono to be in the movie, but Bono said no. And then he's like, well, give me a song. Then he's like, Bono's like, all right. Let's see. That's what I read. IMDb. Uh, great Assault. Uh, Attempted to create a cameo road for Bono as MacFisto in Bad Forever. Yeah, which I don't, the character I don't know who the was fuck intended that was, so I to appear at a party scene. Yeah, I didn't know who the fuck that was, so I didn't bother trying to bring it up. They came to agreement it was not suitable for the film. Because of that, they offered the song. See, I didn't read that part. What I read was Bono says, when we finished McFisto, McFisto died. <laughs> That's the thing I read. And I didn't want to bother looking at, uh, looking up who the fuck McFisto was. Oh, apparently uh, uh, this uh, song, though, is actually popular with the fans because it's actually used as encores for their concerts. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But uh, other other choice tracks for those who are interested in Bad Forever being a pretty decent soundtrack. We got Hunters Get Captured by the Game by Massive Attack. That's pretty cool. We also got Smash It Up. Oh, so it is. You were close. It, it, the Offspring are doing a cover of The Damned's Smash It Up. Yeah, there there is a light by Nick Cave, who is fucking awesome. The Riddler by Method Man. <laughs> Which makes sense for Matthew. Yeah, you should... That's a weird fucking video. Uh, Eight by Sunny Day Real States. That's a name I've not heard in ages. Bad Days by The Flaming Lips and PJ Harvey's One Too Many Things. Also, Brandy. Where are you now? Now, the. Uh, uh, what? Moesha? Moesha. This also. Uh, so, they had a history of that. Like, the Space Jam soundtrack the year later has, like, R. Kelly, who's evil as fuck, apparently. Man, fuck R. Kelly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Monica. Quit pissing on people. <laughs> Seal, Barry White doing a song with Chris Rock. Basketball Jones has Chris Rock on it. Oh, oh, he's the... Oh. Yeah. And Basketball 
basketball Jones got the basketball Jones. But also, this movie got released, and we're gonna end the episode right now. But and go to everything else. But this album got released, this and movie got released the same year as another movie that is not great, but has an awesome soundtrack. Fuck yeah! Did the Mortal, hey, Mortal Kombat. Is a good fucking movie for the game it is, alright? I'm not expecting Oscar quality fucking story. Neither am I. I am expecting Mortal movie. Kombat. I watched I watched People gave shit to Mortal Kombat and I fucking you know what man? Fuck you guys. Mortal Kombat that that first one don't not the second one. That first one is as good as you're gonna get. The same goes for the Flintstones movie. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm, I'm right here right now, I'm defending it. Come already, at me. We we already fucking talked about the Flintstones movie. I'm I, a Lion episode. I'm not fucking done with it, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get my two cents in about Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's a great <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't give one fuck what anyone goddamn says. That movie's fucking great. It is, because it's... my fucking mind. It fucking it's captures so the spirit of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh, this movie's dope. Mortal Kombat is a dumb fucking game. And I love it so yeah. goddamn much. It's exploitive. It's bloody. It's dumb. Mortal Kombat's a PG-13. So you can't really do that. But it's fucking awesome. But you know what? They do enough. Yeah. Kevin Michael Richardson as Goro is my shit. That's all I gotta say. Kevin Michael Richardson as Goro is amazing. You know how many times I used to just put it on shades because of Johnny Cage? <laughs> and then when Kano appears, like Funhouse constantly makes fun of it. I fucking love Kano <laughs> so goddamn much. Like when he first appears, hey. <laughs> like, yes! Fucking Kano! What oh. a combat! Uh, so. Final thoughts on Batman Forever. Oh, we're talking about Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, I thought we were talking about Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, a flawed film, but still enjoyable. Um, don't if all right if you're if you're gotta stick up your ass about comics, <laughs> don't watch the movie then. <laughs> I, I, I only watching this now had realized how horrible Two Face and Riddler were. Given that though, if you can get the stick out of your ass and just enjoy a bad movie for what it is, then go for it. Now it's not the worst movie. It's not a good movie. It's an okay movie. But it's an enjoyable one at that. I know it doesn't make sense. But it does to me. It's also one in the fucking morning right now. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and a half. Three and a half. Wow. Okay. The half is because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> this movie is very flawed. I really cannot stand Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I really fucking can't. He has a, let's talk about that one fucking line. Where he's got like a light up uh, sport coat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I use it when I go jogging at night. I'm like, that's not a funny joke at all. <laughs> that's just a really it's bad joke. It's so fucking bad. I, though sometimes it's gorgeous to look at, it doesn't really make up for the fact that the story's kind of weak. The performances, though cheesy over the top, sometimes they, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. Isn't that bad? He makes it up clearly. Chase uh, Meridian, Chase whatever the fuck her name. She's fucking horrible. Tommy Lee Jones is not doing the best job I used to think he was, but no, it's not working. But with that said, I did enjoy it. But like every time, I don't know why. Every time I keep watching this movie, I get excited and then I get wind up immediately disappointed. Because <laughs> I know one part of my nostalgia is just drifting away. Yeah, this... You know the nostalgia didn't drift away. I just I had a different, I I just watched this with different eyes. And and for me, I think on like that, I will actually go lower than you. I would go two point five because there are moments where it shines bright, but there's a there the positives, though sometimes they outweigh the negatives. The negatives are too strong, in order to give it to like a three, because I will still watch this movie. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy it, but man. <laughs> Sometimes, and uh, yeah, I gotta give it that. If you're wondering what my review for uh, for uh, Batman and Robin would be, uh, it would be the first time we ever get a zero on here. Also, uh, Mortal Kombat is a four out of five, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really, in the future, we should just do a special episode where we just watch Mortal Kombat. I mean, I'm down. I'm, I fucking love that movie so. Or we could do a commentary. I fucking love that movie so goddamn much. And for if you are curious about Batman Forever, go ahead and rent it on Google Play, iTunes, Voodoo, whatever you do. Go ahead and rent it or watch Mortal Kombat. 
it's on uh currently at this time of recording it is on amazon prime probably <laughs> uh go ahead and watch it uh, Patrick, where can they find you? We're just gonna go straight because we gotta. I gotta. He's gotta work in the morning, and I gotta sleep. <laughs> That's why he added things to it. Uh, uh, Instagram at Pacha the Great. Insta- uh, you already heard my Instagram. Um, Twitter at Humane Ramblings. That's it. All right. Uh, you find me at Serge on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. If you answer that, you could also find this beautiful podcast. At- hosted at filmweekpodcasts.com you also find us at film a week on instagram and twitter and film a week podcast on facebook find us there like us all that also find us on tumblr uh, patrick uh, runs that does a bunch of cool reblogs and that is a uh, film a week podcast.tumblr.com i'm tired it's gonna be one in the morning but do you know what happens next time we meet up man black I'm the deepest of the ductions I on the horizon, bright light and surprising. Can resume on the impending doom, and then like boom, black suits for the movement. Men in black is gonna be our first Will Smith, Big Willie, and our third Big Willie style. Is also our third in our beautiful, beautiful. How would you put it? Not on purpose trilogy of Tommy Lee Jones movies. Full disclosure, I love Tommy Lee Jones. So next time you will get a good Tommy Lee Jones movies in the form of Men in Black. <laughs> and as always, we end with out of context line from the film Women.